was Ganili by Um Kulsum. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of Let's Get To It. For those who might have missed last week's episode, my name is Julia Ward and I'm currently a student in Music 185 at Miami University. Episode 2, Middle Eastern Music and Religion. I'm so happy to have you all back this week and I loved hearing all of the feedback from last week's podcast episode. I'm excited to dive into this week's topic of religion, spirituality, and ecstasy in music. For this topic, we are going to take a look at music in the Middle East, and hopefully by the end of it, we all will have a better understanding of how music and religion creates a symbiotic relationship and plays an important role in the spread of spiritual culture. Let's start by kind of defining what the Middle East is, because I think there is some confusion as to what countries it includes. The Middle East includes West Asian countries, both Arab and non-Arab, and the countries of the Arabian Peninsula. The countries of North Africa, particularly Morocco, Algeria, Tunisia, Libya, and Egypt, are also commonly grouped together with the Middle East, owing to certain commonalities in language, religion, and culture developed during their shared experience as part of the Islamic and Ottoman empires. Throughout the extensive and multicultural Islamic Empire, there were no clear-cut boundaries between music cultures, and musicians traveled freely throughout the empire to learn neighboring styles and often borrowed from each other. The expansion and contraction of empires through history have helped in shaping the region's music culture. So being that there are many religions in the Middle East, the one that we're focusing on for today's podcast is Islam, because it is the most widespread religion of this region, and Arabic is its sacred language, which gave the region a shared language of religious and literary expression. Oh, so we have a tweet from one of our listeners. At um, Hannah21 says that there are countless musical traditions associated with religious occasions, each with its own name, such as songs celebrating a pilgrimage to Mecca, their songs commemorating the prophet's birthday, praise songs for God or his saints, and the community's praise for Hussein. This just in, we have some breaking news. The diversity, widespread popularity, and historical depth of the musical traditions of the Middle East all deny the common misconception that music is forbidden in Islam. So this all started in the 1990s. A group of religious extremists known as the Taliban regime in Afghanistan placed a ban on music and initiated the burning of musical instruments. Wow, so with all that being said, let's get back to the episode. So I want to start by saying that this should not be taken as a representation of Muslims' attitudes towards music. According to their religion, only the Quran can indicate what is forbidden, and there is no mention of it of music being banned in the Quran. Um, So while reciting the Quran is not considered music per se, it does have talented reciters who are considered artists and have dedicated fans. 
today. This is not technically music, but it is a form that their religion has adapted to have it be allowed in their country and that so that they are able to still participate in religion and create a different form of music. There is also a wide range of attitudes about the role of music in social and religious life, and most share the presumption that music has a power to lead individuals toward or away from the divine. Overall, this impact of history and religion of the Middle East on music has been substantial, using a wide range of melodic and rhythmic modes by providing a means of transcending human existence. So that's it for today's episode. Thank you all so much for listening and tuning in. We will be back in a couple of weeks with the next episode of Let's Get To It.